Welcome to Drilling Deep. I'm your host, John Kingston, about to talk about diesel and oil in one of the wildest weeks in the history of oil trading. We kick off this podcast by talking about petroleum, and since you need to drill for it, that's why we call the podcast Drilling Deep. We also have a guest of the week, and this week we've actually got two. They are Kim Jackson and Stan Kime. Kim is the general manager of Burt's Truck Stop in Kansas. Uh, Burt's was recently designated the best truck stop in the country by a survey on the Trucker Path app. Stan is the man who built it. It's an interesting story about what it's like to try to open a new business in the middle of the pandemic, actually pretty close to the start of the pandemic, and how they managed not just to pull it off, but to thrive. I don't even know where to start to talk about diesel prices. I'm recording this a bit early in the week because I am down at the Sierra Week conference in Houston, which is about 6,000 people strong from all uh, walks of the energy world. You can imagine a lot of people are talking about the price. The week has been just incredible. The conference has been just incredible. As I record this, the commodity diesel price of CME, C, uh, diesel price on CME, fell by almost a dollar today. This is Wednesday. It's by far the largest one-day drop in the history of the contract. Interestingly, it isn't the largest percentage drop, but that's another story. What happened on Wednesday wiped out four days of huge gains. So we're right back where we started from last Wednesday. And the record drop that came today followed the one-day record gain. It's hard to say that this is a market driven by fear because the reality is that the world still has not figured out how it is going to, going to substitute for the loss of maybe as much as 4 million barrels per day of Russian oil. There should be fear. With that sort of uncertainty and that fear comes the kind of volatility you've seen over the last few days. But I think what's particularly concerning for U.S. diesel buyers is that the loss of this Russian supply to world markets is coming as the U.S. is in a very weak inventory position. We've talked before about the day's cover statistic that you find in the EIA data every week. It's a way of measuring inventories. You take daily average consumption, you divide it into total inventories, and what you get is the number of days of consumption that could be covered by inventories alone. This week's number for distillates, which includes diesel but does not, but does not include jet fuel, the number was just under 26 days. The last time that happened was in 2008, which coincidentally was the last time that oil prices reached these sorts of levels. U.S. consumption continues to be strong, rising for the last five weeks. If there is any good news for diesel consumers, it should be that refining margins are so strong that there should be a reaction in the refining sector as it ramps up to make more product. The U.S. refining utilization rate did climb to 89.3% last week. That's the highest level since the final week of December. So maybe refineries are starting to chase those profits that are in the crazy refining margins. One of the reasons margins are so strong is the amount of money to be made producing diesel. At the end of November, the spread between diesel and Brent crude was about 40 cents per gallon. It moved above 80 cents about a week ago, and it even broke through a dollar on Tuesday, the day of the all-time high price. Again, these are just crazy numbers. These are insane margins, but they do mean that refiners will be incentivized to make diesel because it's been rising faster than crude. Another thing that diesel buyers need to know is that retail prices are not keeping up with wholesale prices. FreightWaves has a data stream in Sonar called, uh, called Fuels.USA. It's, it's the basic spread between average retail diesel prices and wholesale prices. The lower the spread means the retailers haven't raised their prices in reaction to wholesale prices. But what does it mean when the commodity price goes up 55 cents one day and down almost a dollar the next? What does that mean for the spread? 
because wholesale prices will react to that. But what does a retailer do when faced with that sort of volatility? So with the fuels.usa spread at record lows, I'm tempted to say that it's a sign retail prices will be going up soon. And I would normally say that. But the volatility is so nuts that it's just hard to make that prediction. For those in the transport industry, just know that you are living in unprecedented times in the fuel market. You may need to check your strategies and decide whether they work. But given that everybody is in the same boat, it isn't clear what would work and if what you are doing is no longer effective. If you come up with one that works, maybe you should let us know. Okay, we're going to switch to our guests of the week, but actually it's guests of the week. I got an email the other day from Susan Fall, who was well-known in the trucking industry as a PR person extraordinaire. She represents a lot of interesting companies, and I've had some of her other clients on Drilling Deep because they always had some pretty interesting stories to tell. So the release I got the other day was about the fact that the Trucker Path mobile app had done a ranking of the best truck stops in the country. I wanted to talk to who was number one on the independent list. It's Burt's Travel Plaza in Wellsville, Kansas. And not only was Burt's number one, it was brand new opening up in May 2020. And that date, everybody knows what what was going on in this country in May 2020. The fact that you could have a successful launch of a truck stop at that time really, really caught my eye. So with me today are Kim Jackson. She's the general manager uh, from uh, from Burt's and Stan Kime, who is the owner of Burt's as well as Kime's Trucking. So I want to thank the two of you for joining us here on Drilling Deep today. Hey, glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. So, um, Stan, why don't you talk about, well, both of you can talk about what, what it was like to have built this truck stop, to have pr- presumably gone through months of training and organizing to get it all ready for launch, and then you're hit with this massive pandemic. How did you have to scramble to deal with that? Kim, I'm going to let Kim go for it. Ladies first, Kim. All right. There was a lot of scrambling and training. It made me jiggle or laugh a little bit because um, there wasn't much training uh, because of the pandemic. They couldn't come into the building. Um, it's a lot of hands-on learning. There were, they were here for a few days and that was it, if they did get to come at all. So we still struggle with that. I learned right. something every day. Right. But I'm sure like in January 2020, February 2020, you probably had a whole plan for training people that you had to basically throw out the window, right? I actually wasn't the original manager. Um, so I came in about a couple weeks after the store opened as a cashier. So I, I, did, I missed out on all that part. All right. So how, how soon after the, it started did you join it? And what was it like starting in the middle of a pandemic? Um, I started May 14th of 2022 as a cashier. And it was different. I mean, we didn't have we had different regulations here in our county. So um, we didn't have to have a ma- mask mandate. And so when the truckers came in, they were like, oh, so glad to see a face and things like that. It was really nice not to have to do that. And we stayed safe. We cleaned a lot. We have a 24-hour cleaning crew. So we were able to stay healthy and clean, clean, clean. All right. So Stan, why don't you talk about Burt's? Uh, Where is it? Uh, How many parking spots do you have? And what are your restaurant facilities? Burt's is on Interstate 35. It's just on the south side of Kansas City, um, 10 miles out of town. It's uh, right at the exit. It's a beautiful place to put a truck stop. It's flat. It's visual. Truckers can see it coming from the north and south for a long ways. Um, I found the property for sale some years ago, uh, bought it, and uh, 
it just immediately cried out to me, this place is, it's got to have a truck stop here. It's just perfect layout for it. The city of Wellsville worked with me, the mayor um, and Pat, the, the administration head. Um, there were great people to work with. And um, we put the truck stop up in the front and in the back, I put a drop yard for my trucking company, Kime TS. I see. So, so, so you're, you're both there. You're, you're one business. Is this your only truck stop? Is this the only truck stop you own? It is my only truck stop. Um, and it was an interesting time to be putting all this together. We had a very rainy season when we started the work in 19. Um, and we scrambled, John. We scrambled through water. We scrambled through COVID. It was hard to work with the uh, state of Kansas for the proper permits because a lot of people were home. Um, but we, with a, a lot of help from my politicians and a lot of help from local people and around the state, and uh, we got going. May 1st is when we opened up. Did you open up on time or did those other things create a delay? You know, we were delayed, John. We never really sat a time um, because um, it was just hard with the water that was out there. And when we opened the store on May 1st, we still had some work to do on the two buildings behind there. There's a wash bay behind there. And then the Kime TS administration building is further to the east along Interstate 35 um, at the back of the lot. So we had a lot of work yet to do on May 1st, but we opened the doors um, and boy, it didn't take long. People had been shut up, John. They were They had nowhere to go. And the local people, it was like, you had to have a traffic cop to get in the place. Yeah, the, I mean, it's interesting. You, you opened in May, and Kim, you joined in May because, of course, April was probably the worst freight month in you know recent history. You know, March sort of hung in there. April was a total disaster. And then things really did start picking up in May. So I, I can't decide whether your timing was perfect or awful. <laughs> Which do you think it was? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It's a little bit of both, really. Because like I said, the training – wasn't quite a hundred percent there um, software wise and things like that, but we managed and now we're doing great. And how many parking spots do you have on site? We have uh, 65. Okay. And I'm assuming you have all the regular facilities for overnight. You have showers, et cetera. Showers, laundry. Um, we have food, champs, chicken and blue taco, Hunt's brothers, pizza. Um, yeah. TV, they have TVs in the driver's lounge. Uh, we have a quiet room for them. So, and what's interesting, John, is those um, we have the parking spaces for them, and we made them extra wide for all those truckers out there that y you have to squeeze into a lot of these chain truck stops. Ours are anywhere from 12 to 14 foot wide. So, you have plenty of room when you get out of your truck. Plus, we can put well over 100 trucks in there because there's enough room along the sides, along the wash bay, along the streets. And routinely, we have over 100 trucks sleeping there every night. Looking yeah, I was going to ask you, do you normally exceed the 65? You just answered that question. You exceeded by a lot. Yeah. Uh, you know, what, 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 would, what would cause you to not turn those spots where they're parking into designated spots? It sounds to me like you've got 65 designated spots. And then you've got like another 35 or people just, you know, parking somewhere on site. Why wouldn't you make those spots formal? Because we're still in the middle of a quote development. There's 30 acres. There's John. 
Um, we still have 12 to 15 of those acres that are, that are undeveloped. Um, and there are future ideas uh, along the sides, a lot four, five, six, seven in the back that we can build on to enhance the services for truckers. Uh, and that's ongoing. So at some point, yeah, we'll put the paint down and we'll mark them for the guys. But for now, truckers are pretty smart. They know they can come in there and then go back in the kind yard and they park to get some sleep. And we do have a guard there at night that helps them out, and put them in the right place. So it's 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 a nice place for them, nice and open. They don't hit each other. How many truck stop accidents we had, Kim? None. None. And in my in my industry, we run time runs two hundred trucks around the country. And the, one of the biggest problems we have is trying to get into those tight spots and truck stops. And there's always dents and minor accidents. And it's, 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 it's difficult. It's difficult for the guys. So. All right, we're going to come back to parking in a minute. Kim, let me ask you, how many staff members do you have at the, at the truck stop? I have about 45 to 50. And that's including my wash bay. Okay. Now I was, I mean, you said, you said that it was on the South side of Kansas city. I looked at a map. I mean, Kansas City's sort of, I didn't, I didn't know whether I'd call it close or not, which raises the question. I mean, Wellsville looks like it's sort of out in the middle of nowhere. Um, and, and how does that make it? I mean, staffing at every truck stop in the country is tough. I would imagine the ones that are in more rural areas, it's even tougher. How's tough the Kim, how tough has the staffing challenge been for you? It's hit or miss. Um, I've got a, probably about a handful of people that have been with us since the beginning. And that's my base. And they're wonderful. And like we just have grown. Um, we give a lot of opportunity to our local kids that are in high school. They work in my kitchen. Um, I, we have a 24-hour cleaning crew. That's something I can put them to work doing as well. Um, so we just have a lot of loyal people, local, that really don't want to drive. And so they come birds yeah okay stan um you know one of the things as as, a, as an old oil guy that i am whenever the the ta quarterly earnings come out one of the first things i look at is not just the volume sold but also their margin uh, because it's one of the few places you can get that publicly you know they're, they're they are i think the only publicly traded truck stop company out there and they've got to disclose a lot in their earnings so so i look at that now when you've got soaring diesel prices like now um, I think probably the average person thinks, wow, the truck stops must be making a lot of money. But usually I found that in the past that when you get prices going up this high, it's just terrible, like for the convenience stores. And I'm guessing probably the truck stops, too. Is this kind of massive surge in such a quick period of time? Is this really bad for the business or have you found a way around it? For the truck stop, I'm not sure that it. John, we have a margin that we try to uh, to make. And we have to make that to stay in business. And I've instructed Kim to, to stay at that margin. You know, I'm not going to get hurt near as bad as the poor independent trucker out there. That's the guy I'm fighting for. And that's what I think makes us so special is we, we admire and love these guys that come in there every night. We talk to them. We give them the warm food. We, we do everything we can for them. And, and again, I'm a trucker, so I understand what they need. Um, that margin for us, whether it's $4 fuel, and I just got back from Tennessee and I saw $5 fuel in Illinois and Kentucky, that, that numbers, it's, it's going to be the same for us because we have to stay in business. Am I going to make a lot of money in the truck stop? Probably not. Probably not, but I don't care. It's there for the guys. 
as long as we can pay our bills, I'm going to be happy. Um, and yeah, Wellsville is out in the country, if you will, John. There's an intermodal about 10 miles up the road where a lot of major companies, including Amazon, Kubota, Walmart, all of these places are up the road just 10 miles. So Kansas City's moving south down Interstate 35. And uh, so, yeah, it's out in the country. But I think that's what makes us special, too. Yeah. Um, when uh, when you found yourself at the top of this list from this trucker path rating, uh, and I'm sure that must have been a very good moment for you because, you know, you've only been in business about two years, not even two years, really. Right. May 20. And it's now not even May 2022 yet. Um, did this kind of come as a surprise to you? And what do you attribute it to? I personally was very shocked. Um I mean, I hear the drivers come in and say, oh, this place is so nice and clean and things like that. But I had no idea they were actually voting on it. Like, so I was really surprised when I got the phone call. I wasn't surprised, John. I got to be honest with you. I know what truckers want. And I would go into the store. I go into the store a lot of times late at night, early morning when I'm traveling. And and I know how the girls and, and the people down there are uh, treating truckers. So I guess I wasn't as shocked as Kim. Because uh, I I knew the truckers appreciated it. I really did. Yeah. Um, I'm wondering, I mean, I want to keep coming back to this because you were talking about before about the width of the parking spots. Do you think that's a really big deal for for the truckers, that that's a a major point of attraction? Something that seems so sort of mundane on its surface, but maybe a real benefit to, to having you get such a good reputation. Kim, do you hear anything about that? I do. We hear lots of talk. Um, they're like, oh, my gosh, the parking lot's so nice, um, wide spaces. And so then I always go into the story of Stan's a truck driver and like it was built for you guys. So we just yeah. have our little conversations and they just love it. So it's little things like that, John, that I think make the difference. Um, if you've ever tried to park it, uh, and I'm not picking on Loves, but I'll just throw them out there. If you've ever tried to park at a Loves, good luck. You got to be pretty good to get in there. <laughs> I'm just saying, you do. And at our place, you don't. It's wide open. There's an easy entrance. There's an easy exit. And Interstate 35 is just feet away. All right. Uh, Kim, now you, I mentioned that the, the freight market was a disaster in April of 2020 and started to pick up by, you know, by May already. I think, Stan, you'd probably agree with that calendar, wouldn't you? Yes, so, I do. So, Kim, you've been there on the front lines with these truck drivers for, you know, close to two years now during a time when a lot of them are making a lot of money. Uh, what's that been? Are they still complaining or are you hearing that, that good positive feedback? Are they saying, hey, boy, this has been a great time to be out on the road are you running into a lot of newbies, people who went out and got their own authority because they want to take advantage of these rates? Are you, are you, are, are you hearing that, that good market coming back to you? Uh, a little bit. Um, they all complain about fuel prices no matter what, though. <laughs> so <laughs> they just do. But, yeah, they do. They And they are appreciative of my staff. There's been times that they'll walk around and give $5 to everybody in the building. Like, they're – they appreciate us and it's nice to know that. So, I mean, and we really appreciate them. So. Okay. Stan, I want to come back to the parking. Um, how much of the, when, when you sit down to, to crew, to build a new park, a, a new truck parking, what is the role, excuse me, a new truck stop. What is the role of parking? I mean, a lot of places, you know, you mentioned loves and they will tell you that their basic business model is to provide free parking so that all their services in the store will be utilized. 
Um, other places will will charge for parking. I don't know whether you do or not. Uh, so what is uh, what has been your approach toward parking? Do you see it as like a, a complementary offering to what you also do? Is it a necessary evil? Is it a profit center? Uh, what, what's the role here? Look, t- to be successful, um, we needed the truckers to come. And one of the things that I strongly believe in is when you pull the truck in, you get fuel. You don't want to try to maneuver it and try to have to back into a parking spot. We made ours all where you can pretty much drive right into them. Um, and we wanted to make them 12 to 14 foot wide just for the convenience. I That was number one on my list, John, of, of, of these guys. I mean, they're tired. They've been working all day. Then they fuel up. They just want to park, come in and get some warm food, clean up. And they want to go to bed. And that's, and that's I, I just know truckers. I've got 200 of them myself. And a lot of them love going to birds. They get a discount too, right, Kim? Yes, they do. <laughs> That's part of it too, John. But Doug, you got to make it nice for the guys and, and, and nothing against the other places, but sometimes they don't have the room. And let's face it, real estate's expensive, John, but they don't have the room and you got to maneuver in and, and darn, I don't know how many hoods we've had to fix from people hitting us at truck stops. It's just an ongoing problem, John. So yeah. trucker convenience, that's what it's about. And and, and it would take a while. We knew it would take a little while. I'm a little surprised we got the award right away. But truckers are a mouth-to-mouth. You know, I've had guys from Chicago to L.A. that will stop in and go, holy cow, this is the nicest place on the route. I'm going to tell everybody I know. And I said, please do. Get out there and tell everybody, John. And that's what truckers do. They'll make a mental note of a nice place that they found, they'll go back every time if they were treated right and if it had the nice facilities. Every time. I did it when I drove, John, and these guys would do it too. Kim, there's so much focus on driver health now. It's 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 a field where there are a lot of health issues of uh, people being overweight, hypertension, et cetera, too, much, uh, too little activity. What have you done in your truck stop to make better food offerings so it's not just you know, pizza and wrapped sandwiches. We actually um, make salads every morning. Um, we have cottage cheese. Uh, we buy in, we buy fruit from CNC produce locally. Um, so we do, a, we have a lot of healthy options as well. And I think there is a few reviews about we have healthy food, food as well as just regular meals or whatever. So right. just regular truck stop fare. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> So, Stan, this was your first foray into uh, truck stops, I believe. Do you think you might have a second foray, or was this kind of a one-off? Number two is going to start in just a few weeks. The number two truck stop we're going to build is located at the intersections of U.S. Highway 75 and U.S. Highway 36 in northeast Kansas. That's not far from my home, where my dad started trucking in 1955. And it's going to be a Burt's, and there are, it's, it's a major U.S. highway intersection, and we are so excited. We're going to ask him to come help us here, too, when we get, get a little further down the road this summer. And uh, we're going to start that one up, too. We are just so excited to, to announce that, John. Well, the big question I have is, Stan, who is Burt? Burt's. I'm glad you asked. Burt's is uh, something I wanted to personalize the stores with a name. Burt's is the name of my grandfather. My grandfather was uh, lived in the Depression, farmed 80 acres, raised three kids, my dad, on that farm. And I've always admired him and thought a lot of him. And Burt's is easy to say, and 
I'm going to put up a big old picture of him on his Alice Chalmers tractor right there. <laughs> you, you mentioned Wellsville was very cooperative with you, um, which is not always the case. Uh, you know, we, we know that a, I mean, a lot of people will sort of give lip service to the fact that, that the world needs more truck parking, but let them, let them park somewhere else. Um, Wellsville was good. We went on to go over that. How about your new site? Uh, what kind of cooperation are you getting there? Oh, fantastic. It's a local site again, and I know most of the people. Um, it's a beautiful little place. I already have a wash bay built on site, so we're now putting the C-Store up to the front of the building. And the local people in Fairview, Kansas, and Sabatha, they're, they're tremendous people. We're, we're rural people, John. I grew up in a small town. Um, um, that's just who we are, and they're just great people to work with, John. I, there's, there wasn't a problem one. Kim, did you have a background in truck stops or convenience stores or any of this kind of retail? I did not. I did not. I um, was actually a stay-at-home mom for a long time, and then I worked at the school. And then when COVID hit, I stayed at home again. And this was something to do with my time. And I like people a lot, and I like to talk a lot. So it was something that came natural to me. Well, it's a great it's it's a great story from being from you know joining as a cashier. Uh, two years later, you're the general manager, and the place that you run is at the top of a of a ranking in in that field. I think that's that's a real feather in your cap. Thank you. So, yeah. and uh, and speaking of talking, we want to thank Bert and Kim. And not Bert. I was going to say Bert and Kim. No, excuse me. Stan Kime. He is the owner of Bert's Truck Stop in Kansas, and he's also the owner of it. it's Kime TS Trucking. Correct. Correct. Okay, and Kim Jackson, the general manager of the store in Wellville, Kansas, had ended up at the top of the Trucker Path rankings of best uh, best truck stops. We want to thank you both for joining us here today on Drilling Deep. Thank you. Thank you, and John. You, and, you, and, you, and you have been listening to Drilling Deep. We are part of the Freightcast family of podcasts from Freightways. You can find us on all of the leading podcast platforms. I've been your host for this this in fabulous discussion today, uh, John Kingston, and hope to talk to you again.